Well, welcome back to Theology in Action. My name is Tony Caffey. I'm the senior pastor of Verse by Verse Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm here with my co-laborer in Christ Jesus, Derek Flowers, who's our worship leader at Verse by Verse. Derek, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. Glad you're here. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about praise. And these are things you've been doing your whole life and you've given your life to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the skill that you bring to your task here at church. And I know these are theologically even topics that we want to unpack a little bit today. So here's my first question for you. Okay. Derek, you're, you're the worship leader here at Verse by Verse. That's your title. What is worship? Give me a de- definition of that and who we worship in. Yeah, so the well, the second part of your question, who we worship is God. That's the most simplest answer. We worship God, um, which I'll unpack that a little bit more here in a second. But um, one of the best scriptures, um, and I have it pulled up here, uh, can be found in Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2. And it yeah. says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So that's the end of verse 1. And so we can ask the question, well, how do we do that? How do we present ourselves as a living sacrifice? In verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that Mm. by testing you may know what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable. And so in that first verse... The word that they use, um, which you'll you'll like this. This is your up your alley. The Greek word that they use for worship is latreia. Latreia, yeah. And it means service. adoration. It means service. It means uh, to express adoration. It's a, a service word. It's an action word. So we see that worship is presenting ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's not you know, music, it's not anything else like that, but it's actually an action. It's an act of worship. And uh, it's forsaking our preferences in light of his and putting him first. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to who we worship. The easy answer, the simple answer is we worship God. Right. Um, Our creator. Exactly. And so when we get in trouble is when we have other things in our lives that we make a priority over our relationship with God. So instead of spending time with Him, spending time in His presence, whether it's on a personal level, you know, in your prayer closet, as a lot of people say, or in a corporate setting, instead of spending time with God and in His presence, we uh, say, well, my hobbies are going to come first, or even your relationship with your spouse, which is highly important. But if we put that before God, all of a sudden that takes a higher precedence in our lives and we're worshiping those things mm-hmm. instead of God, whether we realize it or not. Yeah, lots of little G gods in our lives that we've got to work right. through totally. Um, yeah, so I appreciate the clarification. You're a musician, a very good musician, and you lead singing at church, which is, um, I love to sing. I mean, singing is, um, there's this thing that God has created inside of us where we can talk, and then we can change our vocal cords in such a way that we're we're, uh, projecting music and a different thing, and there is something emotional in that. There's Our affections are captured in a certain way, and we even see patterns in the Old Testament and the New Testament where we're supposed to harness this power of singing— and making music for the worship of God. But we need to be careful to not say 
that is worship or that's the only expression right. of worship. Because we, we even see that in, in Hebrews chapter 2 with, with Jesus singing, leading us and, and singing to God his praises. And, we, yeah, you, we, we see it all through in the Psalms of, you know, commissioning us, commissioning us, commanding us to, to sing and to sing out praises yeah. and sing with a joyful noise. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. But, yeah, singing isn't worship. Like, I've been asked this question several times, like, well, is, you know, worship music or, and sometimes we put that title on that genre of worship music, even though music isn't worship and worship isn't music. It's a great avenue. It's a great tool that we have, music is, because music appeals to uh, our emotions. Music moves us. Um, A great composer, Giacomo Puccini, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, but he's an Italian composer. Uh, he's a t- uh, composed one particular song that would probably be his most noticeable song is Nessun Dorma. And towards the end of the song, it's really big and the uh, it's a male tenor voice and the, the music just does this magical thing in, in the music and people are moved to tears even though half the, con- the, the crowd has no idea what they're person singing because he's Cause singing it's in a different language yeah he's singing in italian and so american audiences are not going to really know what he's saying unless they have a some kind of transcript but yeah. even so they're moved to tears because the music is so well done and it, and it moves us yeah um which is good um god created that inside of us exactly we're emotional beings so we can't deny that we can't uh, just completely throw that out the window uh but that can't also be our focus either when we're, you know, leading people into worship and when we're worshiping, we have to recognize it for the tool that it is, but know that we worship God because he's infinitely worthy mm-hmm. and that music is a great tool for us, a great vehicle for us. Yeah, so the and so incumbent upon you as our worship leader is you are tapping into this thing that that is very emotional with within us. It does grab our heartstrings, mm-hmm. so to speak. And you're you're trying to link that with truth. So, and that's that's an important combination. You know, yeah. uh, what you know, Jesus would talk about a spirit and truth. The combination there, where there's a spiritedness in what we're doing with our, yeah. our hearts, and yet, you know, the lyrical content that you're choosing every Sunday, we're working together on that needs to be accurate, so that we're not emotionally drawn or expressing something that's untrue or that's uh, you know, worse than that, you know, in, in error in terms of how it's describing right. the Lord. So how do you go about that? So, yeah, so there's different different little things, little nuances in the music that can cause an emotional response that have nothing to do with truth or anything. Yep. Simply just the dynamics of a song, mm-hmm. from a crescendo to bringing it down and to building it back up again, yep. creates this, this emotional response. And like we said earlier with being emotional beings we you know we respond to things with different emotions whether we're actively thinking about it or not so a lot of times when we're worshiping we're responding with this sort of love and there's this joy and there's this almost triumphant feeling when we're expressing love and adoration um but it's not you know like you said it's it's not focusing on that and so making sure that Words that are catchy, words that yeah. uh, 
may get you to fluffy emotionalism. Yeah, yeah, words that will get your attention, hype words, if you will. Yeah, um, but it's sticking to you know songs that are biblically true and biblically sound. And so, like when I when I pick out songs, it's making sure that do these line up with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Is this biblically sound? Um, and it's making sure that we're singing truth. We're singing about what Christ has done on the cross for us. We're singing about God's goodness and who God says that he is. And it's usually communication and, and language that is a what we call a, a command to God language. Command to God? So man to God. Oh, man to God. Yeah. So versus singing like man to man. So at the end of our service, we, we do a benediction. Mm-hmm. And so it's a man-to-man and saying, hey, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you, that kind of thing, which is great, and it has its place. But in worship, our hearts need to be directed towards the Lord. Our eyes need to be focused on him. And so when we're worshiping, the words of the song, the phrases of the song, how it's composed doesn't need to be, hey, let's encourage one another, which is fine. But when we're worshiping together corporately, our eyes need to be focused on him. So we're singing to God. We're singing praises to him and not singing to each other. Yeah, we used to differentiate kind of the vertical aspects of a worship service with the horizontal. And even even if at maybe the start of a worship set, it's kind of a call to worship, like, come, let's gather, let's worship the Lord. You do want to reach that place quickly in the Mm -hmm. service where your eyes are directed vertically on the Lord and... Um, you want those emotions captured by the music in order to concentrate on the Lord and sing truth about Him, and that's kind of where the lyrical content ties in. So, just to be clear, you know, worship isn't just singing songs to God. But um, can I say this? Tell me if you agree with this. There is a a special, unique place in God's heart that music captures as as it relates to worship. We have this mm-hmm. whole book in the Old Testament that's about songs. And, you know, the man who was after God's own heart, the way that that was expressed, it was expressed in other ways, but he, I mean, he was a, he was a worship guy. He, yeah. you know, he was the Derek Flowers of the Old Testament. He wrote songs to the Lord and celebrated the Lord. And, you know, voila, we've got this 150-chapter book in the Old Testament that is... Um, Used for that, and then we have pictures in the Old Testament as well of you know certain Levites that were focused on leading the congregation in yep. worship, and then we even have New Testament um, in, injunctions to um, sing songs of praise and worship to the Lord. So this is so I don't you know I want to be clear that praise music or singing isn't the only form of worship, but it is important. It yes. has an important place in the Christian. Uh, worship community. Yeah, so simply put, we can't use the language of music to, to define what worship is. Yeah, good. But a lot of times when we have music, we can't separate it from an act of worship either. Yeah. So we have the act of worship as we conduct our lives, you know, living righteously before God. But when we worship, we use that music too to help kind of catapult us. Mm-hmm. Catapult us forward. And, and a great example uh, is in Acts, I think chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they get beat up and then they're thrown in jail. And it's not just regular jail. Like they're oh, right. Their, they're singing. Their feet are put in stocks, right? And, yeah. and so they, they're praying and they're, it says they're, they're singing hymns to God. And, yeah. and then, you know, we know the story that 
the whole place shakes and the jail mm-hmm. cells open and and the guard is about to fall on his sword because all these prisoners are about to break for a bit. It's like, hey, yeah. we're all here. But like and then what I love about it is they've just gotten beaten. Yeah. They can't move around. Yeah. And and like for me, like that sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. Like being just like locked up. And they're still praying and they're still singing praises to God in the midst of that that circumstance. And it's because it's easy to to worship the Lord when things are going really good, especially on a Sunday morning. You're surrounded by fellow believers. It's easy to sing praises. It's easy to worship God in that moment. But it's those hard moments where we can use the tool of music to, you know, quiet our hearts and focus on God and sing because we're singing out promises of God. We're singing out scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People walk into our church service on Sundays, sometimes after a really difficult diagnosis at the doctor that week, or after having, you know, a really um, rough, you know, relational conflict with their spouse or with um, a child or with a parent. And so that you, they come in with brokenness and it's a time to refocus their attention on the Lord so let's talk about that a little bit, because you and I are tasked every week to plan what we call an order of service. You mentioned mm-hmm. the the word in Romans 12. Um, so this is our worship service on Sundays. And we're, we're putting together different constituent parts. We've got communion, we've got baptism, we've got, you know, those uh, sacraments or ordinances of the Lord, but we've got preaching, which, you know, that's my task. Mm-hmm. We've got music. We've got even announcements and other things. What What are we trying to do, you and I, when we put together a worship service uh, ahead of time for Sunday mornings? Well, we can't tell all of our secrets. Well, give them a, give them a little taste there, Derek. <laughs> no. So uh, what we do uh, is, like you, like you said, we have, you know, from start to, to, to finish, we typically have on, on a regular Sunday, we have a song, we have announcements, we have some more music, uh, we have scripture reading, we, we have expository, you know, Bible teaching, and then we yep. have we close with a song, and then we close the whole service with a benediction. And so there's, there's all these different uh, dynamics going on in a service. And so a lot of it is is done so that we you know, we're edifying and building up the corporate body of Christ yep. and leading people into uh, into worship and into the teaching and pointing people towards what Christ has done, done on the cross. Yeah. Do you think about that in terms of the songs that you sing? There's, you know, you want the biblical component of what we're doing, but also kind of that Christological piece as well, where people can, those who are saved can be reminded about what Christ has done for them. Those who are unsaved, maybe who wander into church, can hear the gospel before the pastor even says anything. Yeah, it's it's uh, probably the most important piece. Um, you know, I was reading a, a thing on on social media the other day, and this guy was asking. He said, uh, "Not including the message, not including the the your pastor preaching, but in your worship services, worship mm-hmm. leaders, are you? If somebody walks in, will mm-hmm. they hear the gospel message?" Yeah. yeah. And uh, I smiled, and I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. every Sunday." Good. Uh, it's just it's a very important piece. It's what we do. So. Like for me, not the, that it has to be a part of every song. I mean, you, right. you would even have psalms from the Old Testament that if we sang them word for word, may or may not have a Christological piece to it. It might just mm-hmm. be generally God glorifying in the way that the lyrics come together. But, you know, 
at least, you know, uh, one song in a worship set you would want to have that Christological piece. And and to be honest, some of the older hymns that we kind of revitalize and utilize here, yeah, they've got it. I mean, they they thought that way, and it's got those components built into it. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, when it comes to, like, selecting songs, too, like, I try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, you know, mm-hmm. how I can pick out a song and say, okay, this song's really good, mm-hmm. and it is, and it's biblically sound, and I'd love to sing it, but at the same time, it that may change mm-hmm. um, in the process of trying to pick out songs, and... Um, and it's happened quite a few times. And also try to look at the passage of scripture that you're going to be preaching on and mm-hmm. how can these songs complement the yeah. message that you're the message that you're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um and then of course the biggest piece of having Christological pieces in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know there's a logistical challenges to this. So um, you know, I like to tell worship leaders like you, when I was younger, I fantasized about being a worship leader because I love to sing and I love to play guitar. And maybe sometimes even as a pastor, I preach or on Sunday, I still fantasize about being a worship leader. But I mean, there's some challenges there because, and this is where I felt my limitations, you've, you're trying to pick keys for it that everybody can sing in, right? <laughs> Which, I mean, there's some work and some talent involved in that. You're leading a band full of different musicians who have different skill levels and you're trying to pick songs that are are uh, good and challenging, complex, but not so complex that nobody can learn it within a week and right. the congregation can't sing it. Um, so, you know, those are some of the, I guess, the, log- the logistical hurdles that you work through week in and week out. But then you rehearse, and I'm sure that's a, a time when you can gather with your musicians and, you know... Uh, you know, practice and refine what you're doing. Is that, as a worship leader, is that something you enjoy, that kind of rehearsal step and, you know, meeting with other musicians and, and trying to, uh, to to really bless the congregation in terms of presenting music to them that they can sing and worship the Lord with? Yeah, there, there's not a part um, of what I do throughout the week that I, I don't enjoy. Obviously, Sundays is the best day of the week. I think yeah. you'll agree with me on that. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, there, there's so many different things that go into it, but every bit of it is is enjoyable for me. Um, and you talked about picking out different song keys, and not yeah. all the time is every set for each, you know, each Sunday going to go the way that I'd like it to yeah. go because I would prefer all the, the songs to be in all the same key, so they flow better, but that's not always going to happen based on the the song and yeah. where the melody falls in that key of the song. Um, but yeah, it's making sure that that there are you know keys that everybody can sing in, mm-hmm. so that everybody feels comfortable and you know because I can sing probably a little bit lower than some of the people that we have on our team, and I can definitely sing higher than, yeah, the, than the guys we have. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to belt out you know trying to sound like. Phil Wickham or Chris Martin, Chris Martin, or <laughs> like uh, Benjamin William Hastings. Uh, he's a guy from Hillsong. I don't he, know who that is. He almost sounds like a child uh, <laughs> that he sings so high, and it's I'm not going to sing that way because uh, at the same time, it's not a concert. You know, it's right. It's a congregationally. It's a time for the body of Christ to come together and to sing out God's praises. You and want them to sing, right? Yeah. I want not them just to be listen to you to sing. Correct. So what would you say to, let's say we've got somebody in our congregation who they're like, Derek, love your heart, but I, 
I can't sing in key. I, uh, you know, have a really sloppy understanding of music, and I'm kind of choppy whenever I try to clap. You know, I can't even clap in rhythm. What would you say to somebody like that, your desire for them on Sunday morning? Bless your heart. <laughs> no, I would, I would tell them. Just like a true Texan, bless your heart. You know, what? what are you asking for somebody that's wanting to be like on the worship team or just somebody in the congregation? No, it's somebody in the congregation. Yeah. So I would just simply say the Bible says make a joyful noise. And you bet. In, in that respect, um, you know, we're not asking you to be on stage. So there's not a, a skill set yeah. required at that point. Yeah. It's, hey, make a joyful noise. It's, it's all from a heart posture. Yeah. Again, it's not about, you know, musical abilities when it comes to true worship and and so it's just a posture of the heart. And if you want to clap offbeat, you know, as long as you're not distracting <laughs> others, uh, you know, the Lord's blessed by it. Yeah. Um, make a joyful noise is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. And and it doesn't nullify the place of skill for worship leaders because, you know, we know even in the Old Testament that they chose people who had abilities and trained them up. So it doesn't mean yeah. like, you know, church services should, everybody should be just noisily worshiping the Lord chaotically. But I mean, to the extent that you're able to sing, you want people to sing, I want people to yeah. sing. I mean, it, it makes uh, our job more enjoyable, I think, to have the participation of the church, not just, it's not a show. I appreciated what you said there. It's not a concert. Um, we're, we're here to collectively, as the body yeah. of Christ, praise the Lord. Good. Well, what are some uh, criteria? Let's maybe move away from the make a joyful noise for the regular parishioner. Um, what are some things you look for in with your team? Because, you know, uh, the Old Testament did have talented people that were recruited. Mm -hmm. Even in more generically with the creative arts, there were the two individuals who were used to, to build the temple. And even before that, the tabernacle, there were artisans that right. were tasked with that. And they're, you know, to use that term, there's musicians who God has uniquely gifted. You want them to serve and uh, play bass or play drums or play guitar. But what, in addition to maybe skill uh, with their musical instruments, what, is, what are some other things you look for in terms of your team members? Yeah, so, um, yeah, in the New Testament, like, there's a lot of musicians. You'll see that they aren't just... Um skilled musicians, but they're also priests. They're from the Levitical order. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, a lot of worship leaders, a lot of uh, pastors will say, um, well, I'd rather just have somebody that has, you know, all heart and, and no skill and then have somebody with a bunch of skill and no heart. And that's that's fine. Yeah. But I don't want to settle. I want both. Yeah, that's I want a false heart. dichotomy, right? Yeah, I want heart and skill. Mm -hmm. I want somebody that's on fire for God, that has a grown relationship with Him, and has the skill set at the same time. Because mm -hmm. I can't have somebody up there that doesn't know how to play drums, and all they're doing is just doing crazy stuff. I'm like, oh, well, they have a heart for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, God's a God of order, mm -hmm. not chaos. Yeah. So I can't have somebody up there acting like a clown. <laughs> That's not going to lead anybody to worship. It's not going to edify the body of Christ, right? But Derek, I'm making a joyful noise on the drum set. Well, yeah, make it at home. So leave your tambourines at home. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so for me, like that's the, the number one requirement is anybody that's wanting to be on the platform, 
leading people into worship because it's not just me. I'm the worship leader. Like that's my that's my title, right? Yeah. And I'm doing that actively actively every Sunday. But everybody up there is responsible in their role for leading people yeah. into the presence Good. of the Lord. And so they have to understand that. So number one, they have to have an active, growing relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then second, they have to have the skill set. They have to be competent in whether it's an instrument or vocals or in some cases both playing guitar and singing at the same time. Uh, whatever it is, they have to have that skill set and an understanding of you know how they contribute to the team as a whole in that in that role. Yeah, good. Yeah, and I, I would add to that, you know, as the pastor, I want people that are committed to the church and committed to the body of Christ that's gathered there. So I really resist yes. the notion of, like, you know, hireling musicians who just have a skill, but maybe they are tangentially connected to the church. Uh, I desire to see those people ministering on, on the stage with the instruments who are committed to the people of God gathered there. Yeah, I so, agree 100%. Yeah. Similar I want, with children and our teachers in children's mm-hmm. ministry. Like, I, I don't want to hire that out. Like, I want people who are committed to our kids as part of the body of Christ serving in that way. Yeah, we want them to be invested in, in our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing I tell them to all of our team members is, you know, because we have two services, I say, hey, make sure that you're in. One of those services, sitting there learning, you know, growing in your knowledge of the word. Um, But then also on the weekends that they're not serving, unless, you you know, I understand if you're on vacation or you're sick or whatever else. Uh, But if you're not serving, you need to be in church. Don't just come on the weekends that you serve. That doesn't show commitment to the church. Good, Derek. No, I agree. Yeah, maybe just to sum up what we're talking about here, and I'll give you a chance maybe for final thoughts here, you know, praise and music aren't the only expressions of worship, but they're important. And we want mm-hmm. to, we want to praise the Lord on Sunday morning here at verse by verse fellowship and, and sing with our whole hearts to the Lord, because even historically going back to the old Testament, that's been such an important part of our, the way in which we worship our creator. And, um, so that that's important. Also, having uh, people who are committed to that throughout the church at whatever level they are, but also skilled and committed people who are also leading on the worship team. That's important as well. So those are some of our commitments as a church and in worship ministry. Anything you want to add to that? No, that pretty much sums it up. Good, Derek. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for taking some time here to talk with us about praise, worship, music, and all of that. Thanks for participating in Theology in Action and listening to this particular discussion. You can hear more about Theology in Action as well as live stream our services at vbvf.org and look for other Theology in Actions in the past as we've talked through important topics for our church and also stay tuned for more subjects like this in the future.